the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome, everybody, to The Kingdom and Its Stories, uh, which is also being broadcast um, as a podcast on the Harvest Foundation site as uh, Jesus' Hands and Feet. And so we're we're killing two birds with one stone uh, with this broadcast and uh, want to welcome you very much to 1360 AM, which is broadcast at 530 or drive time uh, on Mondays. And, um, and so we're delighted to have you with us. And our guest today is Mark Rents, who um, looks about as um, as uh, young as I do <laughs> when we, when we, uh, I, I can see him here on the, on the video screen. And Mark, um, we come uh, to you with, uh, um, with lots of experience together and want to talk about what does it mean in the kingdom of God to represent Jesus Christ to those who don't know him. So Mark, tell us a little bit about who you are. Who's Mark Rents? Uh, well, uh, thanks for thanks for having me on, and thanks for the opportunity to share. I'm I'm uh, I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. I'm an administrator. I've been working with uh, working within the university system as as all of those things for almost forty years now. And I started off as a teacher in an intensive English language program. Uh, at Arizona State University, and I spent 32 years there uh, working uh, in coordination positions and administration and became the executive director of that program. I'm now at the University at Albany, where I'm the associate vice provost for international education, and I feel like I serve the nations. I serve them with uh, many of the tools that they need to be successful at the university. And I also serve them uh, with uh, care and concern and uh, um, hospitality and outreach and many different ways of connecting them to the larger world around them when they're sojourners here as students. Mark, what would you say if you had to summarize, you know, what, what the objective is, of what you've been doing and what you've been doing, what you are doing professionally 
in in one sentence what what's the purpose okay uh, i would say it's serve the institution serve international students serve the church and christian clubs on campus and praying for the nations okay serve them to do what well i would say first i feel like i need to serve the institution and truly understand it appreciate the history of the school uh the programs that it has be able to provide really good services for students to be able to get uh good degrees and and um use those degrees and so i think that's been very important for for me to especially my time at arizona state university i i found that by understanding the institution i could serve our students better what i what i mean is that buried within the founding of the university was the state seal that had a redemptive analogy a redemptive creation analogy on the state seal of Arizona State University on the state flag it says dit dot deos and then there are five c's the five c's are a description of the of when the uh the state of Arizona was founded in 1912 cotton copper climate cattle citrus those were the five c's that got this place started Hmm. but the important part is dit dot deos i believe that's latin for god enriches and god provides wow yeah so by understanding that and by celebrating that i was able to tell students the five c's of arizona but did anybody make those those five c's cattle copper i didn't citrus climate no but In 1912 the people of Arizona believed that God enriches and God provides which is the meaning of dit dot deos. Wow. So that was a redemptive analogy right in the state seal and you know as a good I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm a historian but I was able to give the history which is a creation redemption analogy that's right there and when every every student who graduates from Arizona State University has that seal on their diploma right in the middle yeah and and that's that's a part of the kingdom and its stories that's one of the stories of the kingdom of god that's beautiful i yeah, really he's a, he's is the i i i love uh, acts 17 where it says that god is sovereign in creation right salvation and the nations Right. And here it is right on the state seal and the uh the the symbol of Arizona State University that yeah, yep. Mark you you didn't grow up um knowing that how was it that, that God brought you what is the story the kingdom story of God's bringing you uh to himself and giving you this vision to um to empower students to be Christ representatives. Uh that's a great uh, that's a great question. Uh I I was fortunate to grow up in a Christian family. My parents were unfortunate to have a black sheep child who really wanted to turn as far away from God as possible. That wouldn't be you would it? It is. <laughs> so um so how did that happen? What's well, the story? So my 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 dad's a, a pastor, very fine 
fine man. He just uh, recently passed away at the age of 92, had a long ministry. And uh, at the while his ministry was flourishing, my life was disintegrating uh, around the age of 14, 15, 16, this, this time frame. So my dad actually um, very quietly didn't tell me, but he told the deacons that he was going to resign and he turned in his letter of resignation because I was. Because of you. Yeah, because of me. And he said, it's, you know, in the book of Titus and book of Timothy, it talks about an elder or leader of a church and and having a family that's not crazy like me. And uh, the elders of the church or the deacons of the church, they said, Pastor Rents, we understand that. We see the problems. We're very aware that Mark is totally out of control. And, um, but why don't we wait to accept that letter of resignation? Because we really haven't prayed for him. Uh, not like we need to. And so before every deacon's meeting, they got literally on their knees. And before any business, they prayed for Pastor Rents' son. That's another kingdom story. It's it's an amazing, you know, uh, story of how God supernaturally intervenes in the lives of leaders of the church to ask the pastor to not do what the immediately, at least what what the scripture tells him he should do. I'm so proud of my dad. Uh, I didn't find out about this until many years later. Uh, He, you know, he didn't say to me, Mark, you're ruining my ministry. He didn't say it. He just uh, suffered quietly, I believe, right. and also prayed. And and I should say, the more the deacons prayed, the worse I got. <laughs> and, until, really, uh, it was about a, uh, it was a fairly long period, maybe uh, nine months, 10 months, something like that. And then I really wanted to know if God existed. So I remembered the Bible verses I had memorized as a young kid, didn't believe it, but I studied, you know, I memorized. Right, right. And um, so I went back to the Gospel of John. And by the end of the summer, I started at the beginning of summer, by the end of the summer, I believed that Jesus was the Savior of the world and and, um, my Savior too. And my sins were obvious. My need of a Savior was obvious too. I believe that through the prayers of other people, um, we see the world change. And uh, that's that's an important thing for me, too, uh, uh, praying for the nations and praying for people close close to us, family, right. friends, neighbors. Right. Family. Well, Mark, how does that how does that translate? How does that story of the kingdom, which is your story and how? God worked through the elders of the church, through a dad who loved you. Um, how does that story translate into what God has called you to be involved in now in working with international students? Yes. Well, I, I think God gives us a, a, uh, an ongoing revelation, if you will, an ongoing leading. So I wanted to actually not live in the United States. I wanted to work overseas and did. My wife and I worked in Japan for three years teaching there. We got connected with a church, Japanese church there, loved it. But 
came came back we thought for just a little while to show grandpa and grandma who are now in arizona my dad my mom right, right. Uh, two little kids that had been born in japan and so came back and i threw my my resume in my hat in at asu arizona state university and i started working there and you know i loved it and i was surrounded by international students there and that's what i do i teach english to international students and I found that there were others who worked with international students, some in the university like me and others outside the university in campus clubs and organizations, friendship groups, things right, like that. Right. And so I began to to study like the book of Daniel, book of book of Genesis to see how Joseph and Daniel worked within government, the state institutions. Right. Right, and so right. I I wanted to um, serve within the university and 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 personally and professionally, personally in a way that my wife and I began to invite all of the students that I ever had truly thousands of students, class by class over for spaghetti dinner, open our home. We heard that very few international students ever enter. An American home. They want to, but never get the chance. So we thought, well, let's definitely do that. Let's open our home. Let's share food. Let's share our lives. Let's share conversations. Like you said, let's share stories. And many times they asked me, what's your story? Uh, and they sometimes asked very specifically if I believed what I believed and I, I shared that I had become a Christian and that I love Jesus. And, uh, and so they shared their stories too, and we had great conversations. So I uh, wanted, Mark, I wanted. Mark, let me just uh, interrupt to uh, share with our listening audience that they're listening to the Kingdom and its stories um, on AM thirteen sixty AM, and it's a broadcast at uh, five thirty on Monday afternoons, and we're gl- delighted to have you as a listener to this program where we're. Learning from uh, from our guest today, Mark Rents, who has been involved in uh, working with international students for maybe forty years, yeah. and um, and he has lots of stories to tell us about tales of the stories of the kingdom about about not only working with international students but how to how to encourage lay people who are not part of the university to be involved in being the hands and feet of Jesus to to those students who are in Mark's classes. So continue, Mark. Well, uh, so I mentioned some of the personal ways, but then we saw I had way too many students for us to um, reach out in, in friendship and love to everyone. We needed partners. We needed a larger a larger group of people to do that. So and we also saw that there were needs that students had. Uh, they wanted to make American friends. They wanted to improve their English. And so in 1986, long time ago now, I started at Arizona State University conversation partners to connect students with students and sometimes people outside the university as well with once a week friendly conversation, sharing lives, sharing language, And then we also started about two, three years later, a conversation club meeting once a week, wanted a lot of American students and others to join 
giving students practice with their language, learn more about culture. And then about 20 years ago, I uh, contacted somebody and said, you know, we really need homestays. We have a lot of university students want to learn English, but they want to to be in, in an American family. Right, right. And so that was another opportunity to say, we need hundreds and hundreds of people to find, find a way to open their hearts and homes to international students. One of the things that, that impressed me so much is that our God often identifies in the Old Testament and the New with the poor, the widow, the orphan, and the sojourner, the foreigner. And he says, I am the God of the foreigner, the sojourner, and says to love the sojourner. This is you know, in Exodus and Leviticus says, love the sojourner in your midst, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. Thus says the Lord. your right, God. Right. So and, you know, when we love internationals and we welcome them uh, into our hearts and homes, our our hearts began to change. They get bigger. Our minds began to expand and we suddenly learn about all kinds of other places like maybe Libya or maybe Yemen or places that not were not necessarily on our mind map before. Maybe it's Central America, South America, all kinds of places. Many right. universities have over 100 different nations represented on their campus. Mark, tell us, you know, uh, t- tell us uh, some stories of some of those people from the community who've gotten involved with your students who are sojourners mm-hmm. and, uh, and what maybe, you know, some of the consequences are uh, for, uh, from that involvement of, of Christians who got involved with international students. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Sometimes you see some international students who they get a conversation partner. They're in the conversation club. They, they are living with a homestay family. Uh, maybe there's a friendship family as well. It's a different kind of program. Maybe they have a study buddy. Uh, and we have seen so many students who have been befriended. You know, the pro, these programs are for everyone. And I've always encouraged the, the church because God loves the sojourner to embrace this. And so we've seen many times where just by meeting once a week for friendly conversation, uh, lives have been really well deepened into friendship. I think this is really key, caring about somebody else, getting to know about them. So it's, then, it's not just one meeting, but right. it's ongoing meetings with the same person right. in order to develop a relationship? Yeah, and practice language. You know, a lot of the students, they, and, and also, you know, I, I think that they would all be happy if they met somebody who was friendly and right. uh, was, was willing to meet on a regular basis. But we let those friendships develop as they will. You know, for some, it's, uh, it becomes very deep and lasting. I, I mentioned a, a, something that we did might be surprising to you. We, we had Chinese uh, scholars that came and right. for only four weeks, 
But we thought one of those weeks, what if we created weekend homestays? Mm. Mm. Picked up by a family on a Friday night, get dropped off on a Sunday. Okay. And, uh, And so we opened it up to the community and there were lots of people that volunteered. Some worked at the university, some worked at law firms or elementary schools. A lot of uh, a, a lot of people from churches got involved too, and there was there. I I go to a, I went to a church uh, now I'm in New York, but I went to a church uh, where there was a couple that adopted a a a student for the weekend. She was right. a professor from yes. a top university in China. Oh, they hit it off. They had a great time, and and they asked her, "Would you like to go to church?" And she said, I've never been to church. I would love to go to church. She went there and she, at the end of the service, she saw me and my wife and ran up and said, oh, hi. And, and, you know, she was surprised that I was at the same Mm -hmm. church. Um, And that couple became lifelong friends with that student. They went and they actually visited her in China. And she said, she said, um, you know, I didn't uh, grow up hearing much about God, but I loved the music. And they gave her a, you know, a CD of the praise music that they had. Right. And uh, they said, would you like a Bible in your language? And they, she said, I would love that. And so she uh, was given a gift that she treasured very much. These are, these are, um, you know, there's so many stories that are like that through, I think it's just living our lives in an open-handed way uh, to the world around us. And I think this happens maybe in companies where there are lots of diverse uh, uh, employees from all over the world. Our neighborhoods now are full of, of people that, that joined this country from maybe first generation, second generation, third generation, but so much to celebrate and to explore and I think friendship is really key to this. Okay, Mark, if you, we've got people listening who haven't really been exposed to the international student programs like the one that you are a part of and have been a part of, uh, what would they do? I mean, how could, what would be, they don't know the university, you know, they don't have any connections there, but they really feel that this is something that they could do to open their home um, for a weekend stay or offer their services as a language practice person. Right. Right. Um, What, what, how, how do, how, how do they find out about what might be happening in their local community? Great question. Thank you. I would say first students on campus, American students, Maybe there are a number of uh, Christian students who are listening to this broadcast. They have they have international sitting next to them. They don't even need a program. They can okay. be study buddies. Like they can take the initiative. But if they wish to improve their language, they can probably contact the local English language intensive English language program at their university. Okay, and, and volunteer. I would say that's first for families. Uh, or even singles uh, who would like to open up their home. Uh, many universities around the country are looking for homestay families. 
because there are some students that really request that. Um, I think those are some, some very basic ways. But here's one other thing too. I would always tell my, my, um, my friends in Arizona, um, recreate where internationals recreate. Where is that? Soccer fields. Okay. Uh, eat where they eat. Where is that? Good Persian restaurant, good Middle uh -huh. Eastern restaurant. Shop where they shop. Meet, if you really want to meet internationals, there couldn't be anything easier. Uh, go to Haji Baba's and buy some <laughs> groceries there. Okay. Have some shish kebab. Seriously, okay. you'd love it. It's delicious. And you, you know, and you just might become a regular and begin to connect in ways that are just so natural, not even programmatic. Now, because I work at the university, I create programs, services, but not, I don't think it's always necessary, but I'm glad that we have them. Some students really benefit from those services. Mark, thank you. Thank you for sharing your own story and giving us ideas about how we could connect with the sojourners in our land. I know my wife and I have done that several times, and they have made a great impact on our lives, and I believe we have done the same in theirs. May God bless you and continue to unwrap his stories in your life and in mine. God bless. Thank you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.